Welcome to That We May Be One, a podcast aimed at sharing the stories and testimonies of our ward members to foster a greater sense of love and community. Welcome back, sisters. Today, you get to hear from the charming McKenna Rodriguez. McKenna and her family moved into our ward last year. She grew up in Texas, has her degree in nursing, and is raising three beautiful children. She is currently serving as a primary teacher in our ward. One thing I love about McKenna is her engaging nature. Before they even officially moved into our ward, McKenna was making friends with other young moms in our ward, wanting to get on email lists, and altogether wanting to be engaged in her new community. I admire that desire to jump in with both feet, to be all in. I also love that she's a very open person, good at making you feel comfortable in any conversation, even about potentially sensitive topics. In today's episode, McKenna shares her experiences with the many tender mercies from God that have blessed her life and strengthened her faith, as well as the lessons she's learned from being a mother and from living with anxiety. Hi, sisters. I'm here today with McKenna Rodriguez. I'm so grateful she agreed to do this. She's a busy mom with lots going on, so I'm so grateful she rearranged her schedule to do this for me. Thanks, McKenna. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Well, McKenna, you are new in the ward. Would you like yes. to give us a little background on your family and where you guys are from yeah. and that kind of stuff? Um, so originally I'm from Texas. My husband's from Southern California, uh, but we moved from Rockland <laughs> to this new house. Um, but we've kind of been all over, and I'll, and I'll get to that. We, um, we've been in Modesto, or we started in Utah, went to Modesto for Aaron's first job, moved to Rockland for a year, moved... From Rockland, went to San Jose for four years. And then from San Jose, we went to Rockland and rented a house until we were able to buy this house. This is our first house that we've owned. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, So we've been here since July, but technically in Roseville, but technically March of 21 was when we moved back to this area of Sacramento. Um, And then I have three kids, a six-year-old boy who's in kindergarten named Jet, and then Brooklyn is three, and then Cash is one. Almost two next month, which is crazy. Yes, it goes goes so fast. Oh, too fast. I mean, nighttime routine, I'm like, you can speed up. But then (laughs) all other times of the day, I'm like, please freeze. Oh, totally agree. Do not like that bedtime routine. No, no, it's not fun. (laughs) When they get out of bed a thousand times. Exactly. Cool. Well, do you, can you tell us about some of maybe your unique hobbies or talents or traditions that you guys have? Yeah. Um, I don't really have any like unique hobbies. Um, I wish I had cool things that pretty much I love to read. Aaron and I love to watch a show when the kids are in bed. Uh, we are huge movie lovers. So a lot of the times we'll do like in-home dates where we just door dash something and watch a movie. We love board games. I love, um, card games, uh, for talents. I don't really, have, I don't really have any, you know. <laughs> I doubt um, that. <laughs> but if you ask Aaron or any of my siblings or parents, they'd probably say that one of my talents is talking. <laughs> I talk quite a bit. Um, it's funny because my dad, when I was younger, was like, "We're gonna when you drive, we're gonna get your license plate, and it's gonna say talk a lot," <laughs> because I just I love to talk. So <laughs> tell me to stop whenever you need to. No, but I anyway, so I don't really have a lot of like unique talents or Mm -hmm. hobbies, but I still really enjoy life. But, um, we do, Erin and I love traditions. So we grew up in families that did a lot of traditions around the holidays. So we've kind of adopted some of those from each of our families. And then we've made our own with our families. So 
kind of one of the things that we usually do because I'm a very like organized person. Well, I try to be. My kids don't really <laughs> help with that anymore. But we'll make like a holiday bucket list for like Halloween, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas. And then we do a summer bucket list. So we'll all sit together before. We'll shout out ideas of what we want to do like for Christmas or for the summer and obviously, like, our traditions end up on there. But then sometimes we put new things, and those have become traditions. And some were like, oh, we won't do that next year. But <laughs> it's fine because then my kids, we put it on, like, a piece of paper, usually on the fridge. And then we check it off when we do it. One of my favorites for Christmas is we sleep under the Christmas tree really? the night before Christmas Eve. Okay. And it's just so fun. We'll watch a Christmas movie. We usually get out, like, our air mattress bed. And we all sleep down there and sleep under the Christmas tree. And it's six, I don't That's know. It's so just one of those favorite yeah. things that I love. And my kids really love it. Um, is that something you did growing up? Or is that no, but, something and something Aaron didn't do either. But his brother, when we lived in Utah, he had, they had kids and we were newly married. They started it. And so we actually picked it up from them. That's and we're so like, fun. hey, one day when we have kids, we're going to do this. <laughs> so yeah, it's really fun. I bet your kids love that. Oh, they love it. They love it. They get excited. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots of the normal, like, cookie decorating. Um, we usually make treats and drop off. We um, drive through neighborhood lights, and we usually will make hot chocolate and put them in thermoses and then drive through just random neighborhoods and look at all the lights yeah. on houses. My kids love that, and I love that, too. <laughs> We're big holiday people, so we yeah. do, yeah, a lot of things. Makes the year special. Yeah, right? it really does. Really yeah, and it's usually things, I mean, and we try to, like, orient obviously Christ into Christmas and Thanksgiving mm -hmm. things we're thankful for but there's also just some like you know sugar cookie has <laughs> sugar cookies has nothing to do with it but it's about being together I yes. think that's what it comes down to is we just love like carving out the time to do something together that we can have a memory forever for so Absolutely. yeah I love that thanks for sharing McKenna yeah. How did you meet your husband? Oh, yeah. So at BYU. <laughs> so Aaron and I met in Utah, but we didn't meet through any classes or wards or anything. He actually, my sister, moved um, to Utah when Aaron was a freshman. They're the same age. And they lived in King Henry together. And so they were in the same group of friends they met while living at King Henry. And... Um, so then Aaron went Which on a an apartment complex. In yes. Provo. Oh yeah. Sorry. I act like <laughs> everyone okay. should know that. Yeah. An apartment complex. A really big one. Provo. Yeah. And my sister fought teeth and nail with my parents. She did not want to go to Utah. She wanted to follow her boyfriend to Arkansas. She had, you know, some struggling teenage years, like a lot of people do. And so she did not want to go to Utah, but my parents were like, we're making you go just for a semester. See if you like it. So anyway, she went um, and she met my husband through a group of friends. They never luckily dated or anything. <laughs> they were just friends. But she left Utah because she didn't like it. And Aaron went on a mission to Brazil. And then I went up my freshman year. Okay, I lived there. Aaron was still on his mission. But my sophomore year, my sister came and visited. And one of the guys in that group was off his mission early. And so we all got together. And so then I became friends with this boy named Corey, who were like the mutual connection between Kylie and Aaron. Kylie's my sister. Aaron is my <laughs> husband. Um, so then when Aaron got off his mission, Corey, that friend I had met when Kylie visited me, was like, hey, did you know Kylie has a little sister up here? And so Aaron was like, okay, I'll have to go meet her. So he, he actually messed. Corey had tried to set up 
multiple things to get us all together so I could meet Aaron. I didn't know he was wanting me to meet this other guy. I probably would have showed up. But I was like, no, I got to study for a test. I was really a school nerd. Um, but I <laughs> was like, yeah, no, good thing, right? I mean, I had fun, but I loved school. So yeah. it didn't work out. And so finally Aaron was like, well, I'm never going to meet her. So he Facebook messaged me and was like, I know your sister. Anyways, we met up like a couple days later because again, I was like, I have three tests tomorrow. Can we meet up in a couple days? <laughs> then we, the moment we met, then we saw each other every day. since then and got engaged and then married and so I think I always tell my sister I'm like and my parents I'm like thank you for making Kylie go to Utah and Kylie (laughs) thank you for going because I really think she was there so short I mean I really think she was meant to go there to meet Aaron so that I could meet my future husband. So, so cool. Yeah. Anyways. Hopefully <laughs> she doesn't regret her time there. No, she does not. <laughs> now that I married him, she's like, okay, for you, for you, McKenna, that was good. <laughs> so we story. met there um, and then we got married. I still had two years of college. He had three. Um, I graduated as a nurse and worked for a year while Aaron finished his last year of school. And then we moved to Modesto for Aaron's first job. And then I worked as a nurse there. And I have not worked since uh, I was pregnant with Jet. (laughs) No, that makes sense. Do you plan to go back at any point? I think so. I keep my license up. Like, I renew it every two years and do the CEUs. I don't have a desire at the moment. But I think when my kids are in school, or and especially when they leave me for, like, college, that I'm going to want to be able to have something for myself. So um, I've even thought about maybe doing, like, part-time nursing even now if I could find something like that's over the phone nursing or any you know but not enough of a desire to do it yet but I think (laughs) when my kids are in school yeah I will want to do something part-time yeah what kind of nursing did you do right out of school um so I my first year when we were in Utah Utah is like over I don't know if it is anymore but 10 years ago it was like overly saturated with nurses and like everyone was in nursing school and so I worked at a doctor's office, which is kind of rare because not a lot of doctor's offices have nurses. They usually have medical assistants. And so I worked at a thyroid institute, like a an endocrinology office that specialized in thyroid. And then when we moved to Modesto, I worked in the hospital and I did um, the float pool. So it was wherever they needed me between four units of um, oncology, surgical, uh, the PCU, which is like a step-down ICU, and then um, telemetry. So, oh, that's cool. so you got yeah. a lot of experience with lots yeah. of different things. Yeah, and I was doing the night shift, which Ooh. was different. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and then I, then we moved when I was pregnant with Jet to Rockland. And at that point, I was like, I don't really want to start a nursing job and then have a baby because I know I'm not going to go back. Mm-hmm. So then I just didn't work for like the last half of my pregnancy, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that's great. Nursing is one of those really awesome careers that you can go so many different directions and there's mm-hmm. a lot of different flexibilities. So. That's exactly why I that's chose great. it. As like it is a career that I think I could have with being a mom because mm-hmm. being a mom was really my like ultimate dream. Even when I was yeah. little, I just thought I wanted that minivan, which is so <laughs> people make fun of me because like the minivan is like my dream car and I have it. <laughs> I'm there with you. Yeah. So, but I always wanted to be a mom, but I wanted to also just have like a backup in case Aaron is not able to work or we need me to work. Like I have that opportunity to do it, which I'm really grateful for. So I will always keep my license and one day I'll go back. I just don't think I'll do the hospital. I don't stress it. I'm a very like easily stressed person (laughs) that I'm like, I don't know if I could handle that (laughs) now that I have kids and they stress me out with worry and 
So anyways, That's yeah. That's cool. Well then let's jump into some of the experiences in your life that have helped you develop faith. Um, how about, how would you describe the development of your faith? Okay. So I'd probably describe it in stages of like ups and down, which I feel like is normal with Absolutely. life. Um, I grew up in the church and I've always had a really strong testimony of my savior and of God. But throughout different moments in life and seasons of life, uh, my faith has been either really strong or been a little bit more disconnected. Not that the faith isn't there, but I'm just maybe busier and not taking the time to do the things I need to to have that connection stronger. But I feel the closest to my Heavenly Father and Savior when I'm doing those simple like primary answers. Praying, going to church, reading the scriptures, having like intentional family home evenings with my kids. Um, You know, all those simple but wonderful things make me feel a lot closer to God and to the Savior. Um, Something that we started about like six months ago that I've really loved is um, in our nighttime routine, which is chaotic, and you've heard that I don't love it. (laughs) We started doing, we call it scripture, book, and prayer. So we all will read the scriptures together, then we'll read a fun book, and then we'll get on our knees and say a family prayer. And we have been really consistent with it the last six months since we started because since Jet is now older, I'm like, we really need to start creating these habits. So anyways, it's been really great. And it's funny because I, I think a lot of it has to do with the kids like tactic of not wanting to go to bed, but they will never forget to remind us after brushing their teeth, we got to do scripture book and prayer, mom. Um, so it's really cute that they're into it. And what we've done is we to kind because they're young and so I don't think they're really like getting much out of what we're actually reading in the scriptures like I'm sure it's over their heads but to make them feel a little bit engaged in it Aaron and I will say we're like okay whenever you hear any name for God or any name for Jesus yell it out so like if the scripture you know it says and it came to pass the Lord then they'll yell Lord so it kind of keeps them engaged in that so any name for it and it's kind of something that we thought would be cool because it, the names or God and the savior are mentioned obviously so many times in the scriptures. And I think it kind of shows to them, wow, they're really important, which I hope creates in their lives um, or helps create in their lives the importance of having the savior and God I love that. be in their lives. Yeah. I mean, if that makes sense. Yeah, but it's really cool. Anyway, Good so um, that has been really cool for us. And I've seen the blessings. I think it's just about creating that habit because I'm with all the evil. I know there's a lot of good in the world, but there's a lot of evil in the world. And I feel like it's just progressing and getting worse. But I'm a huge believer that home is your sanctuary and your safe place. And I really want that to be where my kids build their armor of God, right? Like this is where they're going to strengthen that armor and where we prepare them to go out into the world. And so I think it does start with little habits like this. So I'm hoping it makes a difference. (laughs) It's really made a difference in my life, having that time together that's uninterrupted and intentional. And I'm talking a lot about it, but I really, really has loved it. It's been great for our family. Yeah. So Anyways, that has been something that's helped even develop my faith at this age. Yeah. And I hope starts, you know, the faith journey for my kids. Okay, so back to your question of my development in faith. It's still continuing and it's not perfect. Uh, but I know that when I do focus my priorities on keeping my Savior and God close to my heart and in my daily life, uh, my faith is strong and definitely the blessings are real. So, mm, That's yeah. great. <laughs> 
Thank you. You're welcome. What family or other relationships have had the most impact on your life? Um, I mean, for sure, just my my family growing up, like my parents and my siblings. They, um, I cut up three brothers and one sister, and they all live in Texas. That's where I grew up before I went to college. But we have, I'm really, really grateful. We have a really close relationship, and we did younger. We were all really close. I mean, of course we rivaled because we're siblings, but we just always had that connection and we still continue it, which has been really great. And then, you know, I married Aaron and gained a whole nother second family, which I love them so much. And I feel like I just have learned a lot from each family member because they're all with my siblings, Aaron's siblings, everyone's in a different stage of mm-hmm. life and a different stage of their faith, Yeah, which has actually really been eye-opening for me and a blessing because I'm able to see that it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey, but more importantly, how you live your lives and treat others. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that my testimony has been strengthened um, and my views have kind of been expanded through the lives of my family members. So, so are you referring to the fact that maybe some of your family is not necessarily fully participating in the church at this point? Exactly. But yeah. that's helped expand your view of what faith can look like in different settings. Yeah, and, and I because I think faith is going to look like it's going to look different for every single yeah. person, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think it's just really helped me see like okay, there's still really good people and still serving others and they're kind and. Um, They help out friends and they are, you know, and some of them go to church. Some of them kind of do, but they still have, they still, I'd say, would say have like a testimony of God Mm -hmm. and a savior. But anyways, where they're at now is not maybe in where they've been before, but it's, yeah, it's definitely helped me just see that, okay, people can still really be great people and live good lives and um, do good to the, do good in the world in whatever stage of faith they're at. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important to learn. Um, how about your parents? Do you have anything to say about your parents? Oh, I love my parents. <laughs> I love my parents. I am. Uh, my mom is one of my best friends. I'm a daddy's girl too. I grew up dancing and they were the parents that, so I'm one of five. And so they were busy. I'm like, I have three and I feel overwhelmed <laughs> all the time, but they were very, very intentional when they were with us, like making us feel supported and special so I danced and so I would have competitions that were like hours away and I don't think my parents missed a single one Wow! and just were really supportive in what I loved and they loved it too because I loved it, but they, they're just, they're really great people. I owe a lot of my life and who I am because of them. Yeah. I bet yeah. they're sad you're not in Texas with the rest of Oh, them. yeah. <laughs> we hear it all the time. When are you moving to Texas? <laughs> well, we're glad we get you here. Thank you. <laughs> Um, what would you say has nurtured your testimony the most during your adult life? So I think a lot has contributed to my testimony. Uh, some of the things I said earlier, you know, the simple Sunday school answers of praying, going to church, family home meeting, all those things. But um, I think as well as life moments I've had with my family, my kids, even strangers. So, okay, with what I said about moving, Aaron and I... Just counted the other day and we've moved 10 times in our 10 years of marriage. So I don't like moving. (laughs) I'm so over moving. So we we bought a house. So I'm hoping we're a lot more stable here. But in the stressful moments of moving, I actually, as I was preparing for this interview, I was kind of thinking about it and I realized, you know, kind of the beautiful thing about moving is I've come to see or I've gained a lot of life experiences through all the people I've met 
because we've moved so many times. There's been, I've met so many people and I've met so many people that I know I probably sounding like a record here or broken record, but (laughs) that are on different paths in their lives. Members, not members, really strong testimonies. Don't have one at all. You know, I've met just a lot of different people. Um, And it's just helped me open my eyes to trying to see them as Christ would see them and loving them for who they are. And so I feel like as a kid and even in like my early years of marriage, I saw everything so black and white, what that's wrong, that's right, which I think for me personally was good growing up because it kind of helped me stay true to my beliefs when, you know, high school temptation, high school temptations come (laughs) around. So I think back then it was good that I saw everything so black and white. But now as I've gotten older and I've lived more life, I've met more people, I really don't think things are black and white. There's a lot of gray area Mm -hmm. in everything. I think that's pretty developmental. Yeah. Like, I think that is a childhood thing is to... Yes. Our brains need concrete ideas. They do, right? So black and white is the way we perceive the world Mm -hmm. as kids, but then we get older and we can handle a little more complexity. I think that's so true. Because, like, right now I teach my kids pretty black and white, right? right? Because I think that's what they... Right. Comprehend well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So no, I agree with that. But there can always be a little bit of dissonance as you go from that black and white to learning that life is more complex, right? So that's yes. that's where we have a lot of growth. Yeah. Like, that's, Wait, I didn't think it could be that way. <laughs> yeah, no, and I love that. That really is where I've grown a lot is yeah. noticing, okay, there is some some nuance. Yeah, some, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like I think it's okay for that, right? Like it makes us I think it allows people to believe where they are believe in what they want to believe and be okay with where they're at obviously you still always want to grow and work towards something but I think it takes away that guilt that unnecessary guilt of okay I'm not where I want to be but I'm growing and I'm going to get there Mm -hmm. but you don't have to feel guilty about it because I I, I'm a person that kind of just has a lot of guilt on everything and anything right um and so I, as I'm getting older and having more wisdom, <laughs> um, I feel like I can kind of take away that guilt and just be able to live life a little more and enjoy the growth and enjoy the ups and downs, right? Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, I feel like we all have the same goal of wanting to return to live with our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ with our families. And so we're all at that goal, but you know, in life you have the detours, the setbacks and everyone's in a different spot. But I think what's so beautiful and about having like a community or a ward family is we're here to just support each other. Like, I think if we just support and encourage everyone wherever they are in life, then it becomes like this beautiful thing of just everyone working towards the same goal, but at different spots and times, but all being kind and encourage it to each mm-hmm. other. And I think it's pretty incredible just the way Heavenly Father set it up that way. Right? Yeah. For all of us with our mortal flaws. Yeah. To just mix and mingle and to let that be like the rock tumbler that helps us smooth off yeah. the edges and help us become better. Right? Oh, I love that. The rock tum- <laughs> you can actually buy those things at Target. Yeah. Did you know that? Anyways, for another time. Awesome. <laughs> you can edit um, that. <laughs> so has there been any, anything else in your adult life that's really any experiences that have um, nurtured your testimony? You know, I don't have one of those huge, grand, life-changing stories, but I, I keep saying the small things. I just feel like I've had a lot of different small moments that have come together to help my trust in God and strength in my testimony. So, I mean, I don't know if you want like boring specific stories, but even like simple ones, like 
Jet lost his first tooth and he was so excited. My mother-in-law was here and my sister-in-law, they were here visiting and his tooth was wiggly and my Jet is super like cautious, timid, wonderful kid, but just a little bit more on like the cautious side ever since he was little. And he pulled it out himself, which I was shocked because he was scared. He pulled out his own tooth himself, was so excited. He was showing his sister and it dropped on our shaggy carpet. Oh, no. And he already was telling me he wanted to write a note to the tooth fairy to see if he could keep his first tooth and still get the money. (laughs) So he was, like, planning to write this thing, and we dropped it in the shaggy carpet. And it's, like, the front little baby tooth, right? Those things are tiny. And so we're all on our hands and knees, literally, like, combing with our fingers through the shaggy carpet. And it's I mean, I don't know how long, but I would say at least 10 minutes. We're not finding it. And he's starting to get really sad. And it's kind of making me sad because I just know what a big deal that was. It was his first tooth. He did it and he wanted to keep it. Anyway, so I kept having this thought in my head to to say a prayer. But with it being for my son, I started getting a little nervous. Like, what if we say a prayer and then we don't find it? Like, how do I explain that to Jet? Because yes, prayers are answered at different times and in different ways, but for a a five-year-old at the time, again, black and white, right? Well, I wouldn't find my tooth. That means Heavenly Father doesn't answer prayers. (laughs) So I kept popping in my head and I kept thinking, no, because what if we, you know, I I feel like I was being a little bit wavering with my faith of like, well, he may not find it. It was kept popping in my head over every minute. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm listening. (laughs) So I was like, Chet, what if we say a prayer? So we said a prayer and, you know, a minute later, my mother-in-law found it. And I don't know why it's going to make me cry. That's beautiful. Sorry. Yeah. You probably heard me talk. I cry a lot. Um, But anyways, just those little moments. I've had a lot of those kind of stories where you pray, not even necessarily on like lost things, but those little moments that just are like, oh, God's here for you. He listens. And he not only wanted to help strengthen my faith at that moment, but like help show Jet. You can pray whenever over anything and he listens. So that was just one of the more recent that just kind of is still dear to my heart. Um, So um, I think not only just like praying when you lose something, but also just I think being in tune with the spirit has really blessed my life. And like I said, in the ups and downs, I think there's been times where I'm a little more disconnected because I'm not doing those daily things to keep God in my life. With the next story I'm going to tell you, like, I think it just shows how important it is to be doing those things because it helps keep you closer to the spirit and the spirit can guide you to keep you safe, to help another person, you know, so many wonderful things about having the Holy Ghost with you. But I remember back when I was in college, my apartment complex um, had like a carbon monoxide leak that they, I did not know about. And they had knocked on everyone's door and said, hey, y'all need to get out. We got to fix this. And I somehow, I don't, I was studying and I don't think I heard the door. So I was in there for like a good hour and a half. And I went downstairs to eat breakfast. And in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to make eggs, which would require you to turn on the stove, right? And fire. And I thought, oh no, I guess I don't really want eggs. And then I was like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to do oatmeal in the microwave. And again, I just had this like, no, I'm not going to do oatmeal. So I ended up just making cereal. So, you know, no utensils or anything needed or um, utilities. utilities, Thank you. Um, And so I make my cereal. I go back up and study for another little bit. And then I I walk out of my apartment to go to class. And there's like all these like fire trucks and people (laughs) out there. And the look on, I can't remember if it was like a firefighter or someone. The look on his face when I came outside was like, 
oh my goodness, you're in there? Like they did, they thought everyone was evacuated. And I guess the carbon monoxide was like high enough to where it could have started a, if I would have done the microwave or the stove, it could have started like a humongous fire. Or Anyway, so like (laughs) just even moments where you don't think like these little thoughts pop in your head that you think really mean nothing. And then later you realize, wow, that was, that was the Holy Ghost protecting me. And that was Heavenly Father keeping me safe. Just makes me, especially now that I have kids that I'm looking after, I'm like, I just really want to make sure I always have that strong connection and mm-hmm. listening for those, can't think of the <laughs> word, but pretty much just being able to hear when the Holy Ghost is trying to talk to you because yeah. it can save your life. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but That's I just, amazing. I feel like I, I have a lot of those just little stories, nothing huge, mm-hmm. but that have just contributed to my faith throughout the years and that I've just strengthened my testimony in in so many ways, not just in Heavenly Father and not just in my Savior and not even just in the Holy Ghost, but that other people can answer your prayers or things they do. And pretty much, I just am grateful for the little experiences I've that I've had that have made me just realize the importance of really working on your continually working on your faith by doing all those little things. Right. So. Right. That makes sense. I just, I agree. I feel like Heavenly Father can reach us in so many different ways, right? Yes. It can yes. be a simple thought. It could be through somebody else. Mm-hmm. I've had promptings that have come, like when I'm watching a TV show, I'm like, that's yeah. exactly what I need to hear. Yes. Oh, totally. And you're like, <laughs> I'm watching Friends. And I yeah. didn't, you know, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's amazing the way yeah. that he can really work with all the resources. Yeah. Thank you. You said that perfectly. No, (laughs) you said that. You should be, I should interview you. No, I just love that. That makes total sense to me. I don't know if these stories are probably so boring for y'all. Sorry, but I I just had another one that's going to shed me in a very dumb light. (laughs) (laughs) But when we were moving into this house, I wanted to come and seal the tile floors and like the granite countertops. And so I came late one night and I had Aaron stay home with the kids and I was trying to like, I can't remember the dryer or the the dryer had just been um, delivered that day, but they gave me the wrong plug or something. They weren't able to plug it in. So they told me to go buy this different plug. So I bought a different plug and I just thought when I got upstairs to do the tile floors in the laundry room, I was like, I'm just going to plug in the dryer. Which, don't ever do that, guys. If you don't know electrical, don't plug it. So I, again, this makes me sound really dumb. But I just, for some reason, you know, you plug in a straightener, you plug in the toaster, right? You just plug it into the wall. I wasn't thinking that, oh, this isn't connected to the dryer. So I had the electrical, like, it was not plugged into anything yet. So it was like this exposed wire. And I plugged it in. And a huge shock like went up my arm and the whole house power turned off. Oh my gosh. And I unplugged it right away. And the prongs, because it's like those big three yeah. heavy, huge prongs, were bent and burned. Like it was a oh powerful <laughs> electrical shock. And I felt it in my arm for a few days after. But after I had told Aaron and a couple other people, they were, they were like, you people die from that voltage if it would have been if that bottom exposed wire would have been touching any part of my body or even just anyways point was I could have been you know my heart could have stopped I could have been passed out and Aaron wouldn't have been able to get a hold of me I'm in this locked house that he didn't have a key for yet anyways I, I just you know your mind starts to think of what could have happened but just in those moments where you really I mean and it doesn't always happen because I know accidents happen and it's really it's 
it does happen. Right. But I've seen a lot of moments where I've been protected yeah. and watched over. And I think it makes me want to try harder to be um, closer to my Savior and Heavenly Father. Like moments like that are like, I'm so grateful that I have this relationship with them. But now I want even a stronger one because look how much they've blessed me and my family and have protected me. And, and when the hard moments do come and things don't go the way you planned and then you have them there for you as well during those, those moments where you need that comfort and peace. So I'm not saying I'm not naive to the fact that things aren't going to happen in life and there's going to be hard moments and I've had hard moments. And, but I think there's a huge difference when you have the savior in your life to be able to get you through those moments. So all these stories ended happy, but I know there's going to be times where the stories don't end as happy and I'm going to need to rely on the that faith that I'm developing through these good stories. If that, you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. Anyways, absolutely. I yeah. mean, those are, those are the stories when we're protected and when we are blessed that yeah. really help us know God's there. And he's yes. watching over us. Kind of so drives your faith even it more, does. right? It does drive yeah. your faith. Do I have more questions? Or um, other questions? The only one is, what do you love about the Russell second oh, ward? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, I just love that. I feel like it's been a really great word where, one, everyone has been so kind and welcoming. But I also love it because I think, and I've been in a lot of wards because again, we've moved 10 <laughs> times and there's, and, and I don't mean this negatively, but there's been some wards that I've felt really connected to and other wards where I didn't feel that connection, which I think is totally fine, but I've really felt connected to this ward. I think that you can really tell that everyone cares about each other. They're not just doing the things they're doing to check off the list that I did my ministry in here or I you know, I, there's not a checklist. It's more of how can I help this person? We're all in this together. Let's work towards that common goal together and just be a support when needed. And however that support is needed. So I've really, yeah, it's been wonderful. Love it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, let's talk about being a mother. Like, yeah. What have you learned about yourself from being a mother now for five years? That's a good question. And it's been six years now, which is crazy. Yeah, he just turned six in March. Oh my goodness. I would say being a mom is harder than I thought for sure. And not necessarily a bad way. It's just a lot harder because there's so many things that go on in your mind with raising kids. And I only have little kids. I can't imagine when they start getting older in the teenager years and the emotions and all that. But, um, But it's definitely been the most rewarding job. I think what I've learned the most about being a mother is Heavenly Father's love for us. And see, sorry, I'm such a crier. Um, I don't think I really understood how much Heavenly Father loved us. And he loves us even more than we love our children, which I can't right. even like fathom. <laughs> but I've learned just the love and also the love of our Savior, like how much I love my children and how much I want them to be happy and healthy and safe. That's what they want for us. And I think it's just been such a, a beautiful thing to recognize that wow like heavenly father really loves me and really wants what's best for me which is why he's gonna put me through different things in life because he knows what's gonna help me grow and what's puts different people in my life that he knows gonna that are gonna be these anchors in my life and I think that's one of the biggest things of being a mom is what I've learned and you know you also just learn about as a mom you know you sacrifice a lot for your children I mean, even down to the little things of like food, right? You make your dinner and what the kids are on your lap eating your dinner, <laughs> you know, like, or, or you made them dinner and then you're finally sitting down to eat your dinner and they're like, I'm still hungry. So like even down to like the littlest trivial things about that, being a mother is, or a parent is a lot of sacrifice. 
And which again, then like makes me think of all the sacrifices that Heavenly Father and, and Jesus Christ have made for us. And it just, right. it's, it's a beautiful thing that I feel like how it all just comes together and all interconnects, like with spiritualness, with your parenting, with your family relationships, it all just connects mostly. And I mean, for me, it connects in a beautiful way and, and just reminds me of my father in heaven's love. Thanks. But yeah, I do love being a mother. And some days it's really hard, but <laughs> some days I feel like I am failing and other days I feel like I'm a super mom, you know, but, um, it's been really great. I feel very blessed that I have three kids and well, they're all very cute. Thank you. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about that last question. So a oh, yeah. hundred years in the future. Is there anything that you would like to say to your posterity? I mean, there's, as you know, I talk, so there's a million things I would like to say to them, but I think what I would say, if I could just say like one sentence, would be that no matter where you are in life, with your testimony or faith, always be kind. Mm. I think kindness is so powerful in I so many that. ways. So. I love that. It's such an important character trait, right? It is. I think kind. kindness can change someone's day. I think there's a lot to kindness, but when I think about my kids and who I want them to become, obviously there's a lot of things like I really want want them to be good citizens. I want them to be hard workers. I want them to be firm believers, you know, and have strong testimonies that keep them feeling grounded and but I really I just want them to be kind and love others because I think that in this world that's what we all need is Absolutely. just kindness to each other and support no matter who they are, what they believe, what they do. I think kindness never can hurt, right? I think Absolutely. it only does good. It so, always helps. Yeah. Well, when, when I think about a kind person, I think of I think it usually goes along with humility a little bit. Yes. Because right? yes. you have to, to really be kind to be empathetic to somebody else. You have to realize your own limitations, right? And that right. we all go through things. And so I feel like if you're kind, you're probably also going to be humble in that leads to being able to be teachable so that you can get totally. all the other things. See, I think it, yeah, yeah, I think it really encompasses a lot of things that, yeah, I like how you said that. Absolutely. No, yeah. I like how you said that. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, you okay. told me before that you have dealt with anxiety. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. How that strengthened your faith through that? Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, I know for sure I've had anxiety since I was little. It's never been something I couldn't manage. Like, it's never been debilitating in being able to live life. But, I mean, it definitely is something that's not fun to have and that, yeah, it's not always easy. Like, even when I was little, I would, like, repeat my schedule for the next day to my mom probably, like, 10 times throughout the day because I would just have anxiety of, like, okay, mom, okay, tomorrow I got to do this, 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 and this. You know, and then it kind of, as you get older, stems into more things of, you know, even into motherhood, or motherhood at night, like, wow, I really didn't give my kids enough attention or I um, raised my voice or I wasn't patient enough. And then it kind of turns into kind of spirals of, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad mom. And um, are they going to be, you know, okay? Like what, what am I ruining their lives? You know, that's where my anxieties will start with something simple. And then it kind of just cascades into like whatever is going on that day or in my mind. So it can be like, and sometimes I'll have anxiety and I don't know why, like there's nothing to be anxious about, but I'll feel like, oh, I should be doing something or is there something I need to be getting done right now? I I guess I don't really know how to explain it well, but it definitely 
I mean, affects my day to day sometimes where I just have to stop and be like, okay, this isn't something that I need to be anxious about. But, and I actually like, I'm a total believer in medicine. I think that mental health is just like your physical health where, you know, if you need medicine for diabetes, you're going to take it. And I think that if you need medicine for depression or for anxiety, you should take it, right? Like I, I think today now people are a lot more um, verbal about it, which I love. And my anxiety has gotten worse with each kid mm. because I think that makes sense, right? <laughs> um, so when I had Cash, my third baby, my anxiety was probably at its highest. And again, I could go throughout my day and be okay. Like I could do the daily things I needed to. I wasn't like I wasn't in bed, not able to function because I do know that there is severe anxiety, and I have a sister who has depression, and she's been on medicine for it, and it really helps. So I know that there's like different levels of anxiety and depression. So I was still able to like do the things I needed to, but I don't feel like I was as like enjoying it as much as I should be. Right. Right. Because the anxiety would get in the way and would be in my mind at all times and just would make me feel overwhelmed all the time over simple, non-important things. So I started taking medicine, which really helped and kind of just allowed me to feel a little bit like I could breathe a little bit more and not have to I I think what helped with the medicine was for instance if I was you know with friends I normally would get home and be like oh my like start to think about what I said did I you know did I offend anyone like did I sound dumb or was I not as friendly did I talk to everyone enough you know like those were things I'd be anxious about so when those thoughts and feelings would start to come up, I was able to just shut it off. I don't know how the medicine helped me do that, but I was able to talk myself through, this is not something you need to be anxious about. And I was able to move on from it where without the medicine, I, it was kind of like a snowball effect. Like it would just keep going. And then, you know, I would talk with Aaron and he would be able to help me get out of that. But with medicine, I feel like I'm able to just, obviously that's why I'm taking it, manage my anxiety. And it's been just a really good breath of fresh air. I feel like almost kind of like a weight off your shoulders where the anxiety is no longer one of those main things in my life. It's kind of more just like a side end. So I'm grateful in a weird way that I have been able to like realize throughout the years, looking back that I have anxiety and I'm totally fine admitting it that I am on medicine for it and I tell anyone who ever says that they have it I'm like medicine is great (laughs) it's been really helpful but I feel grateful because I think too it just helps me understand others a little bit more that are suffering from anxiety or depression it's been able to see help me see like my sister a little bit more clearly I mean we're best friends but I never really understood the hardships of her because I think I feel like depression anxiety they're different but sometimes they kind of coincide I think it's just been able to help me see others in a in a more empathetic way and it's you know something that I still work at and still try to control and you know like life it's going to have its flares and um, moments where I'm not having to really have to work on that anxiety at all too so I mean obviously mental health issues are very common yeah I mean so I think it's just good the more that we put it out there that those of us that struggle with it we we do talk about yeah and and I normalize it I think that's why because I you know I had it even anxiety before kids, but I just never wanted to be on medicine. I just, and the more I heard people on it and the more people talked about it, it was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with being, getting help for it. Whether it's counseling, therapy, medicine, whatever it is, I think that all of it is a great 
and beneficial thing. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying before. Heavenly Father has given us all these resources. Right? Yes. Like, let's not turn our noses up at any one thing. Let's, oh, right. Let's look at everything he's put before us to see what can help. Oh, and I think the advancement of medical things is divine intervention. And I think, really, Heavenly Father has given us these resources yeah. to help us. And I agree. I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful for the people that are understanding of it and that are encouraging and yeah. We're all in this together, right? <laughs> yes, and we're amen. and every it's gonna look all different to all of us, but we we're here to just help each other and and yeah, voice what we're going through to help maybe one other person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay. Any any last thoughts before we call it? Oh <sighs> gosh, no. I'm just um <laughs> I'm really glad that I'm here in Roseville. I love this ward and grateful for. I really like I said earlier. I, you know, your testimony is strengthened and sometimes it's not maybe as strong as it you want it to be because of the moment of life you're in. But one thing I've always really had that I'm grateful for is just a really strong love for my Savior and for my Heavenly Father and really has been um, increased since having kids and being a mother myself. So yeah, I guess I just want to end it with that, that I really am grateful for the relationship I have with my Savior and and God, so. I love that. Thank you so much, McKenna. You're welcome. That was McKenna. We had such a fun time recording that interview and had many amusing side conversations that didn't make it into the final cut. I do want to share one of those exchanges, though, because so many sisters express similar feelings when sharing their personal encounters with God's mercies. At one point in our interview, McKenna said she felt bad sharing experiences where everything turned out great for her, because she thought it might make someone feel bad that they did not get the same result. Here's what she said. I also don't want people to think, like, because there's people that have had really hard trials, yes. and I mm-hmm. don't want to dismiss that, like, well, all mine have been answered <laughs> and easy, so I don't, if you want to yeah. cut out those, no, 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 please. Because no. I don't want to have yeah. feel like I'm just like, everything's roses. No, and, I totally get that. And um, it worked, because I'm only 30, and I know there's going to be really big, and right. my kids are young, so right. teenagers, I mean, when your body's old, like, I know I'll have my trials and I've had little ones. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I I feel like that's something that's come up with a lot of sisters that have done this is just like, well, I had this wonderful experience, but I know it doesn't always turn out that way. Right. It's one of those hard things where it's like, I'm so grateful and I don't want to not be grateful, but then I'm also like, oh, me being grateful makes me feel like I'm being insensitive (laughs) to these other, you know, I'm sorry. My stories are really boring. I love your stories. (laughs) These are great. I've had like a very boring (laughs) life, a very good life, which is kind of like a boring (laughs) life. I can relate to her thoughts big time. The crazy thing about this life is that even though God is good and loves us all equally, this life is not fair. Heavenly Father and Jesus will work with us in different ways in certain situations according to what we need to best grow and come closer to them. That means where some people will get a yes answer, others will get a no. I truly hope that this podcast never gives you cause to negatively compare your spiritual journey with someone else's. The aim in having sisters share their experiences with God's love is to strengthen you, recognizing that even if his intervention or care comes in different ways, it's comforting to know that he is working with all of us, speaking to us in ways that we will each hear. I love you, sisters, and I'm so grateful to be a part of this amazing community of faith and strength that we have in each other. Thank you again to McKenna for sharing. Please tell her what you liked about her episode. Have a great week.